Hey fellow NDE fans, we have some exciting things coming up on the other side, but we could really use your help and support to keep going with this channel. Our outreach team works around the clock, making sure to bring you the best NDE stories that we can find. But now we're looking to expand into other countries to get near-death experiences from around the globe. However, we need your help and support to make this happen. This is why we're introducing our YouTube membership program. Get access to exclusive ad-free episodes that haven't been on YouTube. Watch and participate in live Q&As with the guests. Engage directly with us and NDEers. Participate in giveaways and live events. And most importantly, you will ensure our channel's continuous efforts to seek out and uncover these important experiences worldwide. Support us by hitting the Join Now button below. Thank you for your continued viewership and support. Your help will make a difference, and we look forward to building our community together with you. Hi, my name is John Davis, and I have the opportunity to share my near-death experience story and I hope you all find value with what I have to say and if you have any questions for me please feel free to contact me I'll give you my email and my Facebook at the end I'm more than happy to take questions from anybody about my experience my experience happened in 1987 when I was 21 and I had what we now call is a near-death experience. At the time in the 80s, I had no idea what had happened. It only occurred to me later on when I read some books that what I had was what we call a near-death experience. So how it started was I was riding a moped or a scooter that we had. My dad had won a sales contest and we were given these different mopeds. So I was riding one day and I had an accident and I crashed into a tree and I tore the tendons off my right hand and I had to go in for surgery to have them reattached. Well, I had never had surgery before. I didn't know what to expect. I, I didn't know what it was like. So the day the surgery comes, I go in, I'm in, the, I'm in the operating room and they start to put me under with an IV and I had an allergic reaction to the anesthesia and it stopped my heart and I was pronounced dead for seven minutes. So everything I want to share with you happened in a seven minute time period. But on the other side, there is no such thing as time. So to me, it felt like I was gone for an hour, but in reality, they had done, they had showed me on this journey they took me all happened in a relatively short period of time. So I closed my eyes when I died and it seemed like the very next second I was standing in the most beautiful building I had ever seen. And try to imagine it was this huge, long corridor building. And my very first thought was, I had no idea the hospital was this large because I didn't know I died. I didn't know anything what was happening. I just went with this whole scenario all the way till the end and didn't really know that I had died. So this building was, it was made of marble. And if you can imagine to the right, there were these columns, beautiful white marble columns. And the best way that I can describe what this looked like was a, there's a temple in Turkey that is called the Temple of Artemis. 
And if your viewers want to go look at that building, just Google it, the Temple of Artemis. And that's what this building looked like. It was rectangular, huge, as far as you could see, with these white marble columns, maybe 30 feet high, maybe 10 to 15 feet apart. On the left-hand side of the columns were these tables, beautiful white marble tables, and they had benches on all four sides of the table. And off to the left were these, the only way I can describe them is they were, they looked like doorways, like tunnels, but they were black. And it looked like they had been perfectly chiseled and cut out of this white marble. So what it looked like was you had these columns and you had the tables and then you had these tunnels. They went all the way down. So every table had a corresponding tunnel. And something I, I want to mention is, and I didn't know this at the time, but all of us have spirit guides who are with us when we enter our lifetime. In fact, spirit guides help us plan our lives. Well, I had a spirit guide. He said, I'm your spirit guide. My name is Alan. And all the way through this whole journey that he was taking me on, he was telling me what I was seeing. So that's where I'm getting this information from. He told me everything I was seeing. He told me to go look in the tunnel, the first tunnel that was right to my immediate left. And I looked in and it was like looking at space. And I could see stars and galaxies and planets. It was absolutely just beautiful. And he told me to look at the next tunnel. So I looked at the next tunnel. And the second I looked at it, there was a man who was an elderly gentleman who was coming through the tunnel. And he had his right hand covering his chest like he was in pain. And my guide told me that he died from a heart attack. And I want to give you the backstory of this a little bit, where I was. You know how we typically hear about a, a common near-death experience? Usually it's when the person is in a hospital like I was, or there was some accident scene and they were, they see themselves above their body. And then they become aware of a tunnel. And at the end of the tunnel is a white light. Well, we never really hear much about what happens after that white light because people don't come back from there. It's the only people that come back from a near-death experience who haven't gone into the light yet. Well, my experience, I didn't have any of that. My near-death experience began on the other side of that white light. Well, the building that I was in, my guide told me, is called the Orientation Center. And when a person walks into the light, they end up in the orientation center with these beautiful columns and these tables that I was talking about just a few minutes ago. And they are met by what are called orientation counselors. In every table that I saw, there were two people sitting at each table, again, all the way down, and they're called orientation counselors. And their job is to help orientate people back to the other side or the afterlife or home, whatever you want to call it. That's where people end up when they cross into that light. So this gentleman was coming through. He was an elderly man and maybe 80s or 90s, and he had died from a heart attack. Well, the very minute that he stepped through the tunnel, 
one of these counselors stood up, it was a woman, and she walked over, she took his hands in hers, and she walked him back to the table and they sat down. Well, the whole time I could see her talking to him, but I was too far away, I couldn't hear what she was saying, but she was holding his hands the whole time. And what they do, the reason that they are there is because when people come into a lifetime, you might live 80, 90, 100 years on earth and you forget where you're from. Most of us forget we have amnesia when we come into a lifetime. And when we die, we forget where we're from. So what the orientation counselors do is they just simply tell people, you're back on the other side, you've finished your lifetime, and now you're back home. Well, my guide said, watch him. So I started watching him and all of a sudden he began to change. He turned into a man in his thirties. And the reason is there is no age on the other side. People don't, the, the perfect age for people is around 30. So all of us are in their thirties. He transformed right in front of my eyes to a man in his thirties. And so after that little, that part happened, he stood up and he walked off to his right and he walked between the columns and he walked down three stairs. And on the right hand side are these gardens, beautiful, kind of like an English garden. Everything was manicured and beautiful flowers and trees and the grass. It was the greenest grass I've ever seen absolutely beautiful gardens. And what happens is this is where people who come back from a lifetime have reunions. And these reunions are with people who have crossed before them. Parents, grandparents, friends, siblings, children, people that they have known in their life. And all the people they know on the other side are there to greet them. And the reason is, is because having a lifetime on earth and finishing a life is a really big deal. It's a huge accomplishment to everyone on the other side that you actually finished the life and now you're back home. And something I, want, I forgot to mention is during this whole process, my guide showed me the outside of these buildings first and then he took me to the inside. So everything that I, that I share with you is the outside of the building first and then he took me inside. So this building was called the Orientation Center. Have the orientation, have the reunion. The next place he took me to was what is called the life review. And every time we finish a lifetime, we have a life review. And he took me to a building that was rectangular. And it had, again, the white marble columns all around the perimeter. He took me in and it looked like a theater, like a typical movie theater we have here on Earth, but it was round. The building inside was round, like a round room. And on the top were movie screens all around in a circle all around me. So everywhere I looked, I could see these movie screens. And all of a sudden, the movie screens lit up and they were playing different episodes of my life that I could see from one screen was me of a baby. Another screen was me as an infant. One was an adolescent. One was in elementary school. And it showed my entire life 
all the way to the age that I was then, which was 21. And my guide explained to me at that point that everyone has life reviews and they can see their lives just like they happened back then at that age. And I'll, I'll mention that a little bit later, how that works. So that was called the life review. The next place he took me to, again, was the outside. And it looked like a beautiful white Greek marble building. Again, it was rectangular with columns, beautiful white marble columns all around the outside. And this building, again, was a round room inside. But instead of having all the screens in a circle at the top, it just had one screen in the front. And he started showing me past lifetimes. And the reason he showed me this is they wanted me to tell people that the whole idea of past lifetimes, it's real. And for me, I, I was raised Catholic. You know, we went to church sometimes two or three times a week and also on Sundays. And as you know, the idea of past lifetimes isn't part of Christian or Catholicism. And it's not in the Bible. It's, it was very foreign to me. And at the time, I had a really hard time believing it. But it's true. And you can go into this building and you can see past lifetimes. One lifetime he showed me was of a monk. I was a monk and I lived in a monastery. I had a shaved head. I was wearing a red gown. And my job was to teach the kids about living in a monastery. The other life and a second life he showed me was I had a wheelbarrow. And in the wheelbarrow was shoes. And I was a shoe peddler in that lifetime. And my job was to fix people's shoes. So that was that life. And the third life he showed me was of a fisherman. I had a, a wooden boat and I had a net. And my job was to throw the net in the lake and, and catch fish for the village. So he showed me three different lifetimes. Uh, so that was that part of it. The next building he took me to looked like a stadium like a like a stadium that we have now to go see football games or soccer or rugby beautiful huge stadium and inside there were thousands of seats and i was the only person there in this room and what it looked like or what it was was a planetarium and i think um for some of you viewers who don't know what a planetarium is it's a building where you can sit down and look up at the ceiling and they can show you stars and galaxies. And that's what this building was, was a planetarium, but it was huge. And there was a man who was behind me. I didn't turn around to see him or who he was, but I could hear his voice. And he said, let's begin. So I sat down and all the lights went off. And he said to me, when you look at the stars, meaning people on earth, all of us here on earth, when we look at the stars, this is what you see. And all of a sudden, our solar system began to show up on the ceiling and it showed Earth, it showed Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus, Neptune, all of our planets. And then he said, when we look at the stars, meaning everybody who's on the other side, this is what we see. And all of a sudden, he started showing me dozens of different planets, all showing up on the ceiling. Then 
hundreds, then thousands, and millions of planets. And he said, there is far more life in the universe than you possibly know. And what they wanted me to share with people was that Earth is not the only planet that you can have a lifetime on. There are virtually unlimited number of planets in the universe that we can have lives on. And all of those planets have different life, different life forms, just like we have here on Earth. But there are millions of them. So that was probably one of my most favorite places he took me because I, I love astronomy. And I just, I love the fact that Earth is not the only place that we can go. So that was called the planetarium. The next place he took me to, again, this was the largest building that I saw so far. And it was a, a long rectangle building. And this one was different. It, it didn't have columns on the sides. It only had marble columns in the front. Huge, beautiful, tall, again, white marble columns. And this one had 50, maybe 30 or 50 steps that you'd have to walk up to get to the top of the building where you can walk in. So we go in and it turns out it's a library. It's a beautiful, huge library with gigantic uh, bookcases just full of books as far as you could see. And he took me to an area on the left-hand side of this library. And on the left-hand side were rooms. Just like we have libraries on Earth and we have study rooms, that's kind of what these rooms were like. They were about the size of an ordinary master bedroom. And there was a woman who was sitting on like a couch and she had her back to me in one of these rooms. She had long jet black hair down to her waist and she was wearing kind of like a purplish maroon kind of a gown. And she was watching what we would call today as a flat screen TV mounted on the wall. It was a video screen, it was, it was maybe 50 inches, you know, like, like we have now at Best Buy. And she was watching a battle that took place on Earth 200 years ago between the Native Americans Plains tribes and the US Cavalry. And she was watching this battle. And I remember thinking, how can she be watching a battle that took place a couple hundred years ago when we didn't even have video recorders back then? And my guide told me, everything is recorded. And I don't understand, even now, I, I don't understand how that's possible. So I just think of it as a, a God thing. Somehow God is able to record our lifetimes. So in these rooms, Anything you want to learn about, whether it was World War II, whether it was about um, how the pyramids were built, anything that you want to learn about, you can go to these rooms, you can study and learn about what happened during that period of Earth's history. So that was extraordinary. Um, so that was uh, that particular part of the, of the building in this library where they have these rooms. The next place he took me to was a castle just an absolutely beautiful, just like what you see in England, 
back in the medieval times, beautiful, um, beautiful castles made of, of, of stone. And he took me to the castle and he told me to walk in. So I walked in and it was beautiful, ornate, just like you'd see castles today. And it had a, a red carpet that went all the way inside the whole castle. And off to the left and off to the right on these on the castle walls, they had life-size paintings of people. And who these people were, were royalty, kings, queens, princesses, people that lived in that castle during that time period. So again, if you wanted to learn something about that particular area or era of Earth's history, you could go to this castle and you could look and see what the people looked like, perfect pictures or perfect paintings of what they looked like, as well as the kind of clothing they wore back then. And in front of each picture, there was a podium. And on the podium was a book and it was opened up. And all of these books were writings about this person's lifetime. Anything you wanted to learn about that person's life, you could go to these books and you could read about that person's lifetime. Whether it was King George or Queen Elizabeth, whoever you wanted to read about, you could come and study. Well, right about then, I looked off to my right in this castle, and you know how castles have those circular stairways that go to the next level? That's what this castle had. And there was a woman that was walking down and she had strawberry blonde hair about shoulder length and she was wearing kind of an orange reddish kind of a gown or or a, a toga or you know whatever you wanted to call it they wear togas a lot or gowns robes of of different colors well she walked up to me and this is the first time that i saw someone that could see me she actually walked up to me during this experience and here's something that today I still kick myself for. Because here I am on the other side. I could have asked this girl anything. But she walked up to me and she said, is there anything I can help you find? You know what I said to her? I said, oh, no, thanks. I'm just looking. I thought I could have asked her anything. Well, remember when I said that people have different jobs on the other side? People really do but they don't have jobs like we have jobs here where you have to have a job to pay your bills, your mortgage, your rent, utilities, you know, all that. It's totally different there. And people do what they love to do. And this girl was a, I guess the closest thing I could call her would be like a scholar. She was a scholar of Earth's history during that particular time on Earth, medieval Europe. So anything you wanted to learn about, you could go ask her. And the thing that's really interesting about the other side is that there is somehow, I think God had must have hardwired all of us to want to continue to grow and to learn. Because that's why we come into life in the first place, is because we want to learn and experience. And you can still learn on the other side but you don't learn through experience. And one of the reasons we come to earth is to have that actual experience. So on the other side, there's an emphasis on learning. 
That's why they have so many different libraries. And, and what's so wonderful about the other side is that you can pursue what you love to do. So if you like to hike, if you like swimming, if you like writing, if you like music, anything you like to do here, you can still do there. So that was that was something I just I found so incredibly fascinating was that you can pursue anything you want to do. So it really is like like heaven or a paradise. So that was that part of where you need people have different jobs doing what they love. So the very last thing that happened with my near-death experience was he, my guide, he took me to a field of just beautiful flowers and it was gorgeous and he left. The next thing that happened was a man showed up in front of me and I know this sounds crazy, but it was Jesus. He showed up in front of me and see his hands. I could see he was wearing a white gown with a, it was like a white robe with a gold sash around the middle. And he had kind of gold looking sandals that went up to his calves or laced up to his calves. And I couldn't see his face because there was so much light coming from his face that I couldn't see his features. And he talked to me and he said, you must tell them there is no death. And the very second he said that, I was immediately back in my body in the operating room. And everyone was looking down at me and they had to use the paddles on me six times to bring me back. And that was the last thing that happened during my near-death experience. So all these years later, I have been trying to tell people what Jesus told me. You must tell them there is no death. And ever since then, I try to share my story with whoever will listen to bring people hope. And I, I think that's what my story does probably more than anything is it it brings people hope in knowing that pe people you've lost in your lifetime, friends, relatives, children, everyone is, is actually on the other side. And that's where we go when we die and leave Earth. So that was that was my experience in a nutshell.